The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or schedule an appointment online. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That's GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. So here's what we're talking about today. I got invited recently to meet with a local hospital group of orthopedic surgeons to figure out how we could co-care with each other. Chiropractors and orthopedic surgeons, which sounds kind of wild because you think about the difference, but it was such a great experience that I would love to be able to share what we do commonalities, their thought processes on chiropractic, and just overall why we succeed with treating people with pain, more specifically back pain. So before we jump into that, let's talk about some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar Protesters a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. For today's Health in the News comes from Green Med Info. Nutritional risk factors in suicide, how vitamin D can help. Now remember, we don't treat any disease processes as chiropractors, but I thought this was very, very interesting. So they talk about globally, approximately 800,000 people die from suicide every year, which seems shocking. This is more than the entire population of Seattle, Washington. In the age groups 15 to 29, and 15 to 44, suicide is the second and third leading cause of death. According to experts, the number of attempted suicide is even 10 to 30 times higher. In some subgroups, it might be even 200 times higher. In other words, there may be an 8 to more than 24 million attempted suicides per year. So besides the huge emotional pain the victims go through, Almost all of these 800,000 people have relatives or friends who will often suffer from emotional trauma, shock, grief, pain, anger, guilt, etc. after their loved ones committed suicide. 
Thus, the amount of pain associated with and resulting from suicide and suicide attempts is immeasurably high. It is a worldwide emergency. They go on to talk about this, and this is where I find very interesting. While suicide has many different causes and risk factors, many studies have suggested that low sunshine exposure and vitamin D deficiency may have a major factor in suicide. Now, some of you are going to want to think right now, this is a side note from the article, is this doctor on the radio saying people can just take vitamin D and their depression goes away and no one will commit suicide? No, 100%. Don't put words into my mouth. (laughs) Again, while suicide has many different causes and risk factors, there have been recent studies that have suggested that low sun exposure and vitamin D deficiency may be a factor in suicide. A recent meta-analysis of 20 studies showed a significant association between latitude and suicide. A higher latitude was associated with a higher prevalence of suicide. In other words, the more exposure to sunshine seemed to be protective by reducing the risk of suicide. Which makes me kind of think, you know, if you live in the Midwest, you will know that within the last 10 years... The diagnosis of seasonal affect disorder, right? Sad. What does that mean? Uh, We become, our mood becomes less, we become less uh, stabilized, more depressed when the seasons change. Well, I can tell you seasonal affect disorder um, is not one that people are more depressed in the summertime. So I feel like this kind of is in line with that. Many additional studies have shown that vitamin D deficiency is associated with a higher risk of suicidal ideations, suicide attempts, and completed suicides. People who have attempted suicide had a significantly lower vitamin D level than healthy controls. A genetic predisposition to lower vitamin D levels were also associated with a higher risk of suicide attempts which suggests that vitamin D might have a preventative potential against suicide attempts. People with a genetic predisposition to a lower vitamin D levels might require higher amounts of vitamin D to stay healthy. Again, very interesting. Uh, When you look at the research study, that statement alone has five different supports. So you know what I'll actually do? Um, I will post this health in the news because I do feel like there's going to be a lot of questions on this but you know suicidal patients are deficient in vitamin d associated with pro-inflammatory status in the blood that comes from psychoneuroendocrinology Um, another one published in 2020 uh, relationship between suicidal patients and vitamin d a perspective case control study that's published in journal of surgical and and medicine right like all of these i'll actually post it so you can go back and see although i'm sure someone will want to call me crazy you um, 100 can but there's science (laughs) there is science to support it um a recent study of more than 1 million so back to the article a recent study of more than 1 million US veterans investigated whether there is an association between prescribed supplementation of vitamin D and suicide attempts or intentional self-harm the author conducted um a score matching an order to reduce the risk of confounding 
and to make sure that vitamin D treated groups and the control groups as comparable as possible. The results showed that vitamin D supplementation cut the risk of suicide attempts or intentional self-harm in half. Um, Subgroup analysis showed that those who had the lowest vitamin D levels pre-supplementation had the strongest risk reduction with regards to suicide attempt or self-harm. The stronger the deficiency, the greater the benefit from taking vitamin D. For example, in the group of veterans who had 0 to 19 nanograms per milliliter, so like if you went to the doctor and they tested, if you were between 0 to 19 would be your vitamin D levels, the risk reduction due to supplementation of vitamin D was 64%. Among those who had levels between 20 and 39 pre-supplementation, each additional percentage point increased in average daily dosage of D3 was associated with a 9.6% reduction. Um, So our brains require sufficient sunshine and vitamin D to function properly with a deficiency in vitamin D and other nutrients synthesis of neurotransmitters no longer functions correctly inflammatory processes increase and the brain no longer has the energy to adequately deal with challenges in life and thus depression may arise so they say an insufficiency of vitamin D affects about 75 percent global adults since those who attempt suicide are more likely to have a deficiency in vitamin D, this suggests that a correlation of global vitamin D insufficiency might have a potential to help prevent suicides um, and suicide attempts each year. So that goes on to talk more about individual analysis and the metal, meta-analysis and the meta-analysis. So here's what I see. I actually just got back four or five different vitamin D tests. So we just do a finger prick in the office. So you can come in and say, hey, can I run my vitamin D? And we would say, yes, absolutely we can. Uh, if you go have a primary care physician, you can always touch base with them to see if they want to run it. Uh, the reason why I started doing it in the office, I had gone to my PCP just for general lab work and I was like, hey, throw in some vitamin D. And when I uh, got the super bill back to look at how much they charged, it was $270 for vitamin D. I'm like, I can run that for less than half in my office. Like, that is wild. So it's a blood spot. So it's a little finger prick that you take home. You let it dry. It's a dried blood spot. You mail it in. It lets me know the number. And then I've created a form that not only says, hey, here's what this number looks like. Here's how you should test. So I had two patients today who came in. One was a husband wife, the wife's was 35, and the husband's was only 42. So both would be deemed from a medical standpoint in the normal range. They say as long as you're above 30, though clinically, that would still be considered very low. Therapeutically, really where you'd ideally want that number to be um, is higher uh, in that high 70s and 80s. So that is one. Here's where it goes on. Um to talk about too in terms of um, protocols. So they had looked at magnesium deficiency. Uh, Deficiency of magnesium is another important cause of depression and treatment with magnesium has shown to be effective. In recent studies, it significantly reduced the symptoms of depression. Thus, the widespread undersupply of the cofactor magnesium is likely another uh, factor in suicidality and even vitamin k2 is likely effective for depression 
In a new study, supplementation of K2 significantly alleviated depression in women with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Another thing that they had looked at from a standpoint was omega-3 fatty acids. So walnuts, flaxseed, um, EPA and DHA typically come from more of a marine-based source. So individuals who don't like seafood, like healthy seafood, wild-caught salmon, cod, sardines, really high in EPA and DHA, um, they had looked at fatty acid supplementation. So here's what's really interesting. A double blind, right? So double blind would be considered the gold standard for this. So a double blind placebo controlled study showed that combination treatment with the antidepressant flolextine and vitamin D was significantly more effective in the treatment of depressive disorders than flolextine alone. Interestingly, in a double-blind study with omega-3 fatty acid, EPA, the combination of flolexine plus EPA was also significantly more effective for patients with depressive disorders than flolexine monotherapy alone. Um, so when you're like, what? how interesting that we can do things that help support the brain. So this article alone has 31 different scholarly research articles presented to it. So when you're like, well, this sounds kind of crazy. And you're like, you know, mental health is a hard thing. And there isn't just necessarily one cause. So would I love to think that, you know, taking vitamin D and magnesium and omega threes are just going to solve all (laughs) suicidal attempts and depressive disorders? And the answer, I would love to think that it's just not reality, right? There's so many other things that come into play. But what if we had more of an ability to do things or add things that would just allow for our mental health overall to be better, right? And that's what we're looking at. We don't we don't diagnose disease as chiropractors at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. We don't treat disease at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. But what if we could just fill in nutritional gaps and get to some of the root cause and it just makes more positive health changes overall. And that's inevitably our goal at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Now, when we return, did you ever think that orthopedic spine surgeons and chiropractors could get along? We'll talk about how that meeting went next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Spread a little longer, my friend. It's all worth it in the end But when you got nobody to turn to Just hold on and I'll find you Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. 
GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That's GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, I want to touch base on a meeting that I had had recently with an orthopedic spine surgeon, which going into this meeting, (laughs) I just need you to know that I set my expectations pretty low. (laughs) But here's what I do know. I was invited to this meeting. And so I can't assume that you would invite someone to a meeting to then want to be mean or rude or condescending. You know, when we look at our ultimate goal at our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, it's positive patient care. And so to think that we are the only people who do that is not necessarily true. Sometimes it's one where people are really convinced that they are a surgical candidate. And they may be, or they might not be. Or it's one, I always say this, I've never been to the point where I question surgery on my spine. But here's what I see from people on the other side of things, is that um, they're not always better. They're not always better. And what was interesting about this meeting is that uh, it was a it was a group of orthopedic surgeons and PAs that they acknowledged the same thing. <laughs> sometimes patients get better and sometimes they don't following surgery. And so it was just a really um, an aspect from these doctors from is through IU that we had the ability to kind of sit down and break bread and figure out what does that look like. And so the meeting started with um, one of the MDs saying, I just want to acknowledge that this meeting should have happened a really long time ago. And it was at that moment I thought, we can do this together. (laughs) You know, like to say that, you know, I'd love to think that chiropractic fixes all things. Um, and, and And it does. A lot of the times it does. I, we have had people on the books scheduled for surgery that have been able to cancel it. Um, we've had patients who, through care, decided to go through surgery and still remain patients. And we have um, patients who have decided to go that route, you know. The goal, inevitably, is to say, how do we not wait to the point in time that we are the only option we feel is surgery, right? Because that, that is not, now granted, medicine has a time and a place. You know, I was chatting with these surgeons and they talked about how, you know, they're out of two different hospitals. And one of the hospitals that they see is typically uh, not emergent surgeries. They're non-emergent surgeries. I had a patient, his, her husband had fallen off a ladder. This is years back. Fallen off a ladder and fractured multiple vertebra bones in his lower back and had a fragment of bone that was floating in the spinal canal. That, my friends, is not chiropractic. (laughs) You know, so those are ones where they come in and and they do emergency surgeries, spinal surgeries on these patients. And that, it's wonderful. He still walks around um, and he's not paralyzed because that is one of the concerns when you have a fragment of bone 
within the spinal canal. And so we are, we are very grateful for these people. But here's where it got really interesting. The more we talked, you know, we said, well, what's your thought process? Like, why are you, like, what makes you want to desire and seek chiropractic care for your patients? And he said, I'm going to be really honest. I can't say that I really know anything about chiropractic and what it is. I just know that chiropractors kind of twist and adjust bones and we're like, you know, like, well, it's it's not like a necessarily twisting all around, right? Like there are different types of adjustments that are done. He said, but here's what I do know is that I have seen patients who have been adjusted long term and they've done really, really well from it. And it's usually an incident, right? Like that fall from a ladder that brings them in to see me. He said, on the flip side of things, the other thing is that way we've, what we've always done is that when someone comes into us and they're a non-surgical candidate, the next step is typically we refer them or, or if they are a candidate for surgery or could be a candidate for surgery, they have to appease and check the boxes for insurance. They have to do conservative care. So usually that's physical therapy or physiotherapy. And he said, here's what we see. We acknowledge that typically, not every time, so don't try to come after me like crazies. He said, but most commonly when we see someone who needs conservative care, that when we send them to physical therapy or physiotherapy, they're not any better when they come back to us. Or um, they stopped because it made them worse. And I was like, yep, I could feel that. Because we asked, we said, do you typically refer through people that are in the IU network? And he said, honestly, physical therapy is physical therapy. (laughs) Like, as long as they're not just doing stretching, like it's considered physical therapy. But here's what often happens is that when you go to see an orthopedic spinal surgeon, there is something that's typically neurological based. And so physical therapy does a wonderful job for muscle and ligament related issues. Though that being said, like, let's just use a very simple example of sciatic pain, right? What happens is your nerve roots from L4, L5, S1, 2, and 3, so the very lower part of your back, come together. All those tiny nerve roots come to form a larger bundle called your sciatic nerve. And then it breaks off throughout when as it runs down the leg. So it goes from the lower backs, through the hips, down the knees, all the way down to the tips of the toes. It is a sciatic, uh, I have a story, it's a sciatic nerve problem. And so we're like, we're going to do stretching and we're going to do strengthening and we can, you know, do e-stim and all those things. And they're wonderful things. But if there is pressure damage on the nerve root, that is one where a lot of that stretching and strengthening aren't necessarily going to move the needle in terms of relief for the patient. (laughs) I saw... (laughs) I met with a um, patient last week. She sat down with me and she said, hey, I have this new exacerbation. Now this patient is, I'm looking right now, um, this patient is currently 83. She's 83. (laughs) She's 83. 
has a significant scoliosis. This 83-year-old patient um, came in and was like, hey, I've got pain through my hip. It's radiating down my leg. And I'm like, well, you also have a scoliosis. So it makes sense. Like you probably did something to cause problem or exacerbate that scoliosis. So um, like this is what we do. Like part of the adjustments are taking the pressure off of those nerves, allows for that that pressure to we retrain the muscles to make sure that the pressure doesn't come back. <laughs> And um, she was really ecstatic about that. She was like, oh my gosh, so you can help. And I was like, yes, absolutely. We can help with your sciatic pain. This is last week. I said, you're not really in maintenance anymore. We have to see you, maybe we have to see you a couple extra times since you're going through this you know, exacerbation. <laughs> and she said, okay. So I saw, I saw her this past week. <laughs> it, oh, I can't stop laughing because um, I got her adjusted. And I said, how are you feeling? And she goes, oh my gosh, like I feel like I have my life back. I have such a quality of life. I'm not fearful of getting out of bed every day and I can walk again and I'm doing all of the things that I enjoy in life that I couldn't do these last several weeks because of the pain that I was having. And I was like, well, that's awesome. Like we're on our way. We're not 100% where we need to be. But especially with that scoliosis, you might have some exacerbations. Well, she this week when I adjusted her, she said, hey, you know what? I'm so excited because I can tell. <laughs> she goes, now I can confidently say that Dr. Leanne knows what she's talking about. And I was like, huh? And I was like, could you not have said that? She was like, well, I probably would have said it. But now I can confidently say that Dr. Leanne knows what she's talking about. So this little sweet 83-year-old woman who's been coming to us for five years I guess was only semi-confident about my um, my abilities. And now now she can speak confidently. And that's inevitably one where uh, I so appreciated our conversation with this orthopedic surgeon, spinal surgeon, is that he said, we don't just operate on pain. We operate on neurological problems. And I, I think that's great. Everyone thinks that pain and doctors altogether now because of their less ability to prescribe opioid pain medication look to find alternatives and so i mean he put up some there and he knows he knows that there is a statistic too that falls with back surgeries and their success and failure rates so i want to continue talking about that a little bit more when we come back but before we had into break, um, I do want to just touch base on a patient who came in with pain and was able to see relief with what we did in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Hi, my name is Linda, and I just wanted to tell you my story about Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Before I started coming here, I was um, pretty much disabled. I had chronic neck pain, back pain, leg pain, and I was unable to walk for any distance at all. I, uh, I was not very active. I tried to be active in different, um, different clubs, different things like that, and I was always having to cancel because at the last minute I would not be able to get out of bed, migraines. I had, um, I had over the years, I had tried over-the-counter medicine, prescription medicine, uh, physical therapy. I tried. Um, I've been doing chiropractic for 
several years. But it wasn't until I came here that they started treating my whole body, my mind, my, uh, my nutrition, as well as uh, adjusting, getting adjustments to, to keep me in line. And I just, uh, now I've been here oh, over a year and as long as I take my, you know, do my regular adjustments, um, take my uh, supplements, I'm I'm happier. I'm more active. I'm just I'm just going. My appointment calendar is full for a change, and I am not having to cancel. Um, for the first time in a long time, I have a life and I couldn't be more happy with, with the people here, the staff, they're, I don't like to call them staff because they're like family. Uh, you come in and they listen, they don't hurry you out the door, they take the time to listen to you, whether it's about chiropractic or whatever, and I just feel like they're my friends. And I just, um, my life has just changed since I've been coming here and I will be coming here probably for the rest of my life because I have my life back now and I like it. If you or a loved one wants relief and wants to see how we can help, give us a call. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com, GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Videos, tips, deals, and more. Find Greenwood Family Chiropractic on Instagram. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That is greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. I recently went through a meeting with an orthopedic spine surgeon and we just sat down and broke bread about how we could get together co-care and help patients and so here's what was really cool about it is that he said I realize that most often what we've done in the past is if a patient presents to us and they need to check the more conservative box for insurance or they're not necessarily a candidate for surgery, even though they have an immense amount of pain, that we send them for physical therapy and physiotherapy. And often, majority of the time, they're sent back with no change in their pain. I'm not bashing PT, physiotherapy. It's just it's really, really good. Physical therapy is really good for muscle and ligament-related issues. And when it's something that's neurological, um, oftentimes we don't see the movement like we desire. So here's where, um, you know, here's a great example that a patient who came in 
he's been a truck driver. He has a reverse curvature in his neck, so he's lost the curvature he's supposed to have. The degeneration that he's had, I mean, decades, 20, 30 years. Came in, he could not fill out the paperwork because of the radiculopathy. So the pain in his neck was radiating into his shoulder, down his arms, into his hands. Had numbness and tingling in his pinky and ring finger. Had gone to the emergency room the night before. Um, they said here is a muscle relaxer and some strong over-the-counter pain relievers and, um, go see your doctor in a little bit. And he's like, well, I'm not really too sure about that. So we said, all right, we saw him, uh, he had quite a bit of degeneration. We referred him out for an MRI after about uh, a couple visits just to make sure from like a disc-related issue. It said it's not a disc-related issue. There's compression on the nerve. They said, here's a prednisone pack. I saw him this past week, and he is like, I'm doing so much better. Um, the prednisone pack had um, he'd been done with that for about a week and a half now. We're actually getting movement. We're doing a lot of tractional stuff to help open up the spaces for the disc. Um But he was an individual who said, hey, my brother had surgery on his neck and he is not better than he was previously. To the point where he's like, I will never have it. Like I will live in this amount of pain forever. Here's what I think is really interesting. Um, According to an analysis uh, in 2016 review of Journal of Pain Research, About 74.6% of lower back surgeries, so lumbar surgeries, fail to alleviate back pain. 74.6. And again, this is Journal of Pain Research, uh, published in 2016. What's interesting, uh, back in 2016, 2017, we went from ICD-9 to ICD-10 codes. That doesn't mean a whole lot to the average person, but basically the diagnostic structure on... Um, like for example, before you'd say degeneration of the lumbar spine, and now it's L5S1, L4, L5, L3, L4, L2, right? Um, so what was one diagnostic code is now five. Sciatic, is it right or is it left? So that became one to two. But because failed back surgery syndrome was so high they they didn't have an ability to actually code it so that is a um, diagnosis code that was added when we transitioned from the icd-9 to the icd-10 code here a couple years back um a decade ago you know surgeons would say hey it'll be one and done where now they'll say it's not just necessarily one You'll, you know, typically it's one until you can't handle it anymore. And then you'll go to your second and to your third. And, you know, when you look at that aspect, you're like, okay, well, that's, <laughs> that's concerning. Like, what can I do to prevent it? And most people would say no. Like, there's nothing you can do to prevent it. That is literally something that we specialize in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Neuromuscular reeducation helps keep mobility through those joint spaces above and below. Now, if you have history of, uh, back surgery will likely adjust you differently 
than if you didn't. But we have the advanced knowledge more so than just like, we didn't just graduate and practice chiropractic, like our advanced research and training has allowed us to know and have the whereabouts on how to be very specific and treat different cases. We probably have five to six different, five to six dozen different types of back surgeries in our office that we work with. And here's what was really cool about this meeting that I had with this uh, group. It was an orthopedic group from IU um, this past week is that he said, I want to be able to send it. Here are some of the surgeries that I do. I want to send you a candidate that would be viable, i.e. it wouldn't make sense if I send someone to you and then you say, well, I can't really help you or treat you for another four to six weeks following a surgery. What does that look like? And um, we went through, like we sat down and here's what would be ideal to see a patient following back surgery or before back surgery or right and like what does that look like like we never cancel we don't tell people they don't need surgeries we're not surgeons that's not our scope to tell people if they do or don't need surgery but here's what I will find is that when people start to actually get down to the root cause of the problem and their symptoms resolve they no longer feel like they would like to take the risk of going underneath the knife to their spinal cord in order for the benefit of pain relief. And, you know, and that's really if pain relief comes because again, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't always alleviate the pain that they seek that surgery to do. Um, but he, so he asked, he said, what, what would make, um, when is someone a good candidate? And, you know, shared with them. Here's when we would most ideally like to see it. And what I loved about this conversation is he said, help me understand, right? He acknowledges that he doesn't really have a whole lot of knowledge. And he also acknowledged in that one dinner meeting, we also, like, he wasn't going to come away with a full comprehension and knowledge on adjustments, high velocity versus low velocity, what that looks like, rotary versus non-rotary, tractional adjustments, so much of that, he's not necessarily going to have all of that knowledge, but it's the start of it, of being open-minded and understanding that chiropractic has been around. It's an art. It is a science, right? Just even talking about discs, there's something called imbibition, uh, which is where your disc does not have a blood supply. And so it needs nutrients and hydration from a different source. And so, so oftentimes tractional motions on what we do, not only from like a cervical traction aspect, what you get for your home care, your adjustment styles in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic are different from the twisting rotary ones. And so when we have more of these tractional adjustments, it increases imbibition, which allows for discs to open up and become rehydrated. Like the average person doesn't know about that. You know, the average spinal surgeon doesn't. He knows what imbibition is, I'm sure, because he's a really smart guy. You don't get to being at that point for not being brilliant. But like, what is that alternative, especially if that level is so high? And so just briefly, I want to share with you another patient who had come in, had been able to see appropriate relief in their pain where ordinary medicine and chiropractic have failed and what we do with that. Hello, my name is Gary. I'm 54 years old, and this is my story. At 54 years old, as, as get, getting older goes along, I started to have repetitive problems with my lower back and uh, parts of my mid to upper back, and I wasn't really sure what was going on with it. Um, mainly to describe my lower back was the most severe problem that I had. Uh, 
it would easily, uh, I'd have muscle spasms, and if I moved just the wrong way or lifted something the wrong way, it reminded me that uh, of its presence, and so my activities were really limited. And sometimes when my spasms would act, act up, it would take a couple days to resolve, and then I had to be very careful about what I was doing so that I wouldn't reintroduce it. So I happened to be out and about, and I uh, found uh, at the at the Greenwood uh, Festival about a year ago that uh, Dr. Leanne had had a uh, booth set up, and I uh, went and talked to them for a while, and decided to try it out and come in and get uh, get the chiropractic treatment. And so I came in and uh, went went through the period where I went the uh, where I got the uh, cor corrections and I uh, did my at-home exercises and then continued with that and I noticed some uh, immediate uh, improvements in my mobility and then I kept coming in and uh, got past the corrective phase and continued with with the maintenance phase I didn't mention earlier, but my initial x-rays showed a kink in my lower spine of about 10 degrees. And I think that that had to have been the major source of my lower back issues. Uh, things were out of balance and it was causing muscle spasms that way. And the corrections, the adjustments were, were correcting that. So that's important to, to realize how that works is that you have to do all the exercises, get the adjustments, and, and keep doing it in order for it to, to be effective and, and stay that way. Uh, my mid to upper back also, I noticed with the adjustments that those spots that I had, I was worried I had a disc herniated or something like that, and that was not the case at all by the x-rays, and the, the adjustments made that go away. So over time, I was able to increase my mobility, my activities, and I, I'm even lifting weights. I've been lifting weights again for a long time and doing all kinds of exercises. And I'm also, uh, any, any type of work around the house or anything I do lifting something heavy, I'm not having those issues anymore. The, the most severe problem I had was the lower back pain. That has gone away. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not having that anymore. Uh, last weekend, I had to do some work with some heavy objects and pushed a riding lawnmower up into the bed of a pickup truck and I thought, oh my, what's going to happen to my back? It didn't bother me at all. So I just wanted to say this is a success. I feel that this is a success and anybody else that thinks that they have issues should give it a try because I've had good results and I think you will too. So you, someone you love, is struggling with this? They've seen chiropractors before, you know, where ordinary medicine and chiropractic have failed. Um, I will say time and time again, before I would ever let anyone touch a knife to my spine in a non-emergent situation, right? I fall off the roof and I fracture a bone and it's uh, crushing my spinal cord. Thank you. I'm not trying chiropractic for that, right? But when I talk about chronic degeneration, scoliosis, those are the aspects that we look at to figure out before anything happens, right? Like there's a risk-benefit ratio. The benefit is that you don't have or you have less pain. The risk is that, you know, it's surgery to your spine and 
there's a time and a place, but the goal is to figure out what can we do more conservatively to say, I have exhausted all of those areas before I ever went down that path. And that's Greenwood Family Chiropractic, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Dot com, Greenwood Family Chiropractic dot com, 317-893-2853. Again, 317-893-2853. So what does that look like? So if you or a loved one, someone you know comes into the office, it starts off with an initial exam and consultation. An overview of range of motion. We'll look at posture deviations. We have a surface EMG to allows us to see if there's any damage on the nerves that go up to the muscles. Uh, and then we figure out. You know, oftentimes there are people who might come with us with x-rays in hand if there are any sort of symptomatology that tells us that radiographic images, i.e. x-rays, would be warranted. If not, then we have a very advanced digital x-ray machine in our office that we have the ability to take and see. I do think that's an important aspect. So many times... um, There are people in our chiropractic profession, unfortunately, who diminish what x-rays show us. They're not really needed. But that's like saying you go to your medical doctor and say, hey, I don't feel well. And they're like, well, try this medication. And you're like, oh, well, that's that's for, um, you know, low blood pressure. Do I have low blood pressure? And they're like, oh, I don't really know. I just try it and see how it works. And you're like, well, what if you could do some diagnostic tools like lab work or like blood pressure? And then that way you could be really specific. And they're like, well, maybe it's not your blood pressure. Maybe it's your thyroid. Take this for your thyroid. And you're like, are my thyroid levels off? And they're like, ah, I don't know. It kind of sounds like it, but I don't really know. Or just let's see how you do. Let, let us know the next time. And if it doesn't do a good job, we'll change it. And you're like, no, you brilliantly have an ability to do labs, right? A diagnostic tool to be able to be more specific and accurate with what you do as a medical practitioner. Why would you not do that? But so many people are like, oh, you don't need x-rays. And you're like, you've had the sciatic for how long? Right, like this has been going on. I found a fracture um, and a 20-something female who moved a dog randomly, bilateral pars fracture, sent her out immediately, did not adjust her, you know? And it's like, but I wouldn't have seen that had I not taken x-rays. So we will let you know if x-rays are needed Um, If it is something where additional imaging, like an MRI, we refer out for those, Um, we're able to treat disc-related issues, disc herniations, disc bulge, um, degenerative disc disease, spinal stenosis, radiculopathy, sciatica. Like this is, that is what we do in our office. And so... From there, um, we will go through a first adjustment and then we sit down with and more in detail go through our diagnostic imaging. If we had to take x-rays or MRIs, here's what's going on and here's what we think. We come up with a plan from seeing diagnostic imaging and how you adjust and respond to that adjustment, the nature of acuity, how um, what that kind of looks like, degeneration. We come up and say, hey, here's what, here's what we think. Insurance, time, cost, out-of-pocket, whole nine yards. So you always know time and cost-wise before anything happens. So that's where if you're on the fence, if you have someone you know and you love that you think could benefit, have them come in for just the first couple of adjustments. See what we do. See how they respond and go from there. Just because you come in for initial exam and consultation, a first adjustment and review your x-rays doesn't mean you have to be a patient, but at least you have more knowledge in order to make a better educated decision. I firmly believe that when you, the worst decision any individual could make is an uneducated one. 
So why don't we do our best to educate ourselves? And part of that is just gaining more knowledge. And that is our goal is patient education and knowledge base at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Hop right on there. You can schedule your initial exam and consultation. The one thing that I do ask of you, though, is if you go online to schedule your initial exam and consultation, please ensure that you come. We do have a wait. We're a highly referral-based office, so new patient appointments aren't necessarily every day. So it's just one that if you decide to schedule that appointment and not come, it takes that appointment away from someone else who is desperate in dire need of our help. So 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Look forward to seeing you in the office. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on. Mm-hmm.